A visit to Arizona must include Madeira Canyon. I like to go birding there with my favorite companion. I hope you're talking about me. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, we want you to remember their own opinions, and they might be different from yours. So, bird news. Bird news. Bird news. Real quick. Um, <laughs> the thing at the front of my mind is the splits and lumps from eBird. Yeah. And how exciting. we gained two and lost two. <laughs> so we're we even. Bri- broke even on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you didn't lose anything. Maybe you got a couple armchair lifers. Eric, you want to explain that real quick? Yeah. So splits, splits and lumps with, uh, um, you can get armchair lifers and stuff. So eBird. Let's, let's, E-bird. let's start there. Let's go back. So Chicken E-bird. or the egg. Chicken or the egg. Yeah. So eBird, um, we all love this website. Um, they update their taxonomy once a year. In August, usually, you know, when kind of generally the northern hemisphere is slower in birding because it's middle of summer and it's hot and we're slower. Um, I assume that's why they schedule it for the summer because there's less list coming in. You think it's that or do you think it's because that's when like kind of the final is for all of the taxonomic groups to work through their stuff? Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. <clears throat> like they let, you know, the dust settle and everybody mad or anything like that. <laughs> and then they're like, OK, now we're going to make now decisions on now. what we're going to do. Yeah. I honestly don't know why they schedule it for August. We should I just probably ask somebody that sometime. A- ABA centricism and it's slower in there. Sure. In okay. The summer. Okay. Uh, anyways, I get it. You're an ego. Just. You just. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, they every year, once a year, they update the taxonomy and they do it based on the different uh, groups that. Uh, take care of the lists for different areas. So um, every country and every region keeps track of birds and they have committees that come together and decide splits and lumps, which is splitting a species from two subspecies or a single species into two distinct species or multiple. And then lumps where something that previously was thought to be two species, they'll lump them together and say, actually with further scientific evidence, they're actually one species. Mm -hmm. So once a year, eBird goes through and updates based on all of these records throughout the whole world. And we all just kind of colloquially call them the splits and lumps. Uh, It started on August 16th. Mm -hmm. So we've been like anxiously uh, waiting for it all to settle out this last week as like one day my list would be up and then the next day it would go back down, which was a bummer. But it, it's it's always really fun to watch on a on a like a minute to minute basis. It, I mean, I guess it doesn't not, change minute by minute. Yeah, it's true. It was well, it's not really fun. It's just kind of like because what what they're doing is they're going through and it's it's pulling like their uh, system is automatically pulling all of your records for all the species that are related to the splits and lumps. So for us, the two that jump out immediately to me is uh, American crow and Northwestern crow got lumped back to American crow, which it was Ooh. years ago. And then it's back and forth. So that that's one that's just been going back and forth um, up here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, the, the Northwest crow is, has been deemed that it's not separate enough to be oh i could totally tell when we saw him oh absolutely you know you went across the border and you're like obviously this is a northwestern i'm like 99 sure i haven't gone back and re-listened to the episode but i'm like 99 sure that during the episode that we talked about seeing the northwestern crow we were like i don't know it looked like a crow (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not like a fish crow where it's like like the difference in voice was so subtle and they don't look different so it's i i 
I was I felt weird, but it's like, oh, well, the only one up here is Northwestern Crow, so that's why that was like, okay, well, obviously it's Northwestern Crow because that's the only one that's here. Yeah. So it's been lumped now, so we lost that as mm-hmm. a lifer, but we did gain a couple, and then we lost another one that I couldn't find. Which one we lost? I can't remember. I don't know, but the one that the one that's pretty obvious because it kind of affects us on like a, a almost a daily basis out here in Cannon Beach is uh, we used to have a species called Mewgull, M E W. Um, it's a gull with a little tiny bill and it's kind of got a, like a little cute looking head and it's really round. It's really round. It's, I, I really like the way mugles look. They're, they're really nice looking little yellow bill. Um, they have decided to split that, um, from its European counterpart. Um, I guess they don't interact closely enough or maybe they've always been separate. Not entirely sure. We saw common gull is what it's called now in Sweden and it was a mugle. And it was also Mugle here in the United States. We see them pretty regularly here in, in Oregon. And now the one that's here is called Short-Billed Gull. So we have Short-Billed Gull and Common Gull. So they've... And eBird automatically updates all that, so we don't have to worry about trying to remember, oh, where did where were we when this... They um, It's based on geo geotagging, so if, if they're able to tell, like, based on location of your list, the, it'll automatically update. But then there are some that that you have you had to have put notes or you had to have separated to subspecies for it to update and you can go back and update those if necessary well and that's a good reason why you know that you should make sure to put every bird on the list i mean if you're mm-hmm. if you're a lister and this is something that's important to you like you know say you go to south texas and people have talked for years about like well the cardinals should be separated out from you know the northern cardinals because of various things Mm -hmm. and so there are people that are looking into that and working on trying to figure out whether or not they're the same species and so if you just neglect to put cardinal on your list then eventually you know if they do split it out then you wouldn't have gotten that that lifer that armchair lifer and you can't in all honesty check that box saying this is a complete list if you don't include every single bird yeah yeah so anyways off of our off of our high horse ebird off of our high ebird horse Hi, bird. Hi, bird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyways, so that that was the excitement for last week. So uh, moving into other related stuff, we did have a review. Yep. Over and this past episode, that was a nice review. It was. Eric, yeah. would you like to read Nancy from Tucson's review? Yeah. So uh, Nancy says the laid back style of this podcast is refreshing and fun. Hannah and Eric are knowledgeable, funny, and encouraging of all types of birders and birding styles. I am a new birder and always feel included in this podcast. I learned about some sites in my own backyard when they visited Tucson and produced two episodes after their visit. How could I have not known about Ash Canyon Bird Sanctuary? There is some rambling, but it's always entertaining. (laughs) The only suggestion I have is more episode notes. I'm always interested in the state parks and restaurants and other places mentioned, but I have to go write them down in the moment or go back and listen to them. Thank you for the great job. Well, thank you, Nancy. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, some good feedback there. So we'll make sure to include more show notes about the places uh, that we talk about in there. And I'm sorry we don't always do that. Sometimes Eric Eric is the one that edits all this. And sometimes he just, you know, is yeah, while, he's while editing I'm, photos while he's doing it. So he just kind of glazes yeah, some, over that. Some, sometimes I, I get lost in it. Um, I, I, I try to, but, uh, you know, I can be better. I can yeah. always be better. Yeah, me too. It's a, definitely a reminder to to actually get everything into the show notes, all the, all the links to all the places we go. And Nancy, you're going to be so excited. We have a couple more episodes coming out about Tucson. <laughs> yeah. 
literally right as you wrote that we were in tucson yeah so thank you for your review as well as everybody else who's reviewed us we appreciate it and you know we're glad that you enjoy the podcast and that you feel included um being a beginner birder i mean we want to make sure that everyone feels included in our show yeah and we just gave you some really valuable e-bird information (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i definitely didn't know when i first started birding about e-bird yeah e-bird's fantastic i'm I'm glad we got into it. <laughs> uh, we also want to announce our Bird Nerd giveaway. Bird Nerd giveaway! Is that the song for it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> start playing the air horns. Um, so our winner for this one is uh, Lisa Shibley. Who's... Well, we should explain she, what Shoot. she's going to win. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I so, gave it away. So Lisa, I don't know if you know. You don't have knows. to sound like Christopher Walken when you do it. So Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so... Lisa's gonna win, or she has won now. Now that her name has been drawn out of hat, <laughs> yeah. out of all the all the eligible um, contestants entries, yeah, she is going to win. It has won a t- uh, plush puffin from the friends of Haystack Rock. Tufted puffin. Tufted puffin. Very specifically, tufted puffin. It is it is full breeding plumage tufted puffin <laughs> plush. It's, it's a handsome bird. Oh yeah, it is. Um, but Lisa won the plush tufted puffin courtesy. Man, that's a hard. I know. I I said it twice. Tufted Puffin. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, Courtesy of the Friends of Haystack Rock, which is the board that I'm a part of here in Cannon Beach, Oregon. And one of our things is that, you know, one of our campaigns is to try to protect and preserve the Tufted Puffin population, which is in decline here on the Oregon and Washington coast. There is a separate population up in Alaska and all, you know, Gulf of the Aleutian Islands. Yeah, all that, all that up there. I can't think of the words. Um, anyways. The rest of the California Current? Yeah, so our, the California Current is in decline, and okay. our group is working on trying to get that listed as a species, you know, a threatened or endangered species. And so we're just... In in the last episode, we talked about um, me going on a puffin survey, mm-hmm. where we... And that was all part of being with this friends group. So thank you all who participated. Lisa, we'll send off your plush tufted puffin. Yeah, good job. Thank you all for uh, contributing your photos. And next episode it will be the launch of our next bird nerd giveaway. Yeah, so you guys will have to listen in to see what uh, what sort of task you have to complete to win something fancy from us again. I'm pretty excited about the next one too. Yeah, it's exciting. We 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 have we have a couple of them lined up now. This yeah. Is, this is exciting. We're, we're getting we're organized. Now, yeah, we're finally organized. It's it's taken us a little while, but we're, we're there. So, main story, So right? let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's talk about where the heck we've just been and what, what we did. Madeira Canyon. And Box Canyon. And Box, yep, canyons. Can, the canyon tour of Southeast <laughs> Arizona. Not even the beginning of it. Not even, no. Uh, there's, so we're going to do these episodes. Oh these next couple of episodes are going to kind of be a little backwards-ish. Um... Is this this uh, Madeira Canyon trip? This adventure we went on was literally the last day we were in Tucson. So we're kind of going a little bit reverse order here for for all you guys. Yeah, it's exciting. It made sense in our head. Yeah, it made sense in our head. And it's going. It's, it's it's exciting. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it reverse. Anyways, so the day after the festival ends, um, we had a day to kill that we planned in there. 
so we could go to Santa Rita Lodge. And if you listen to our past episodes about um, Tucson, you know, we went to Santa Rita a couple times, Mm -hmm. um, but we were just day visitors there. And we just thought it was so cool. And when we decided we were going down to Southeast Arizona, I was like, let's get a room at the lodge. So, so we did, we got a room down there. So the cool thing about the lodge, I mean, besides like the cabins and you're in the middle of Madeira Canyon is that they have these great feeders mm-hmm. um, right next to them. And so I planned it out. So we get the room that was right next to the feeder. So we were on like the planned back side. You... I called them and I said, I want this room. Oh, yeah. I see. And they were like, okay, you can have it. Yeah. They were like, okay, it's free that <laughs> Okay, <night."> whatever. <laughs> so uh, before that, we, we left the festival hotel. and uh, we... we actually left kind of late that day compared to every other day. So sure. this is the last, this is the day after the festival. The festival went for a handful of days and we were guiding and or birding first thing in the morning every day. So sunrise is at 530. So we get up at four-ish. In you know, order... we need to make the most of it. Yeah. So so we, we'd be up at like four-ish and we would shower and get some coffee and get some like those uh, apple pies and muffins and stuff at the gas station across <laughs> the street from the... Because nothing's open at, at 4.30 in the morning. And then we, we'd be on the road before sunrise to go birding or getting ready to guide and all, all that stuff. So today, this this day, the last day after the festival, we decided to sleep in. And didn't leave the hotel until five thirty. Hashtag so, new sleep club. It was we slept in nice, nice and late till five thirty. <laughs> but it was a beautiful morning. We were fortunate that it wasn't raining that day I know. Um, because the other days of the festival it was raining, and which was like in the morning and in the evening. And one one of the yeah. days it rained all day. But yeah. It's monsoon season. That's what you get in, in Southeast Arizona in August. I never really understood what monsoon season meant. I didn't either, but apparently this is what you get. We experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got on the road and headed for Madeira Canyon, which is about an hour or so south of Tucson. Mm-hmm. Um, you get off at Green Green Valley, I yeah. think, Continental Road. Continental Road in Green Valley. Yeah, and that takes you... And that's actually um, not a bad-sized town. I, I mean, it has what you need in in green yeah. valley and it's it's, safeway yeah safeway, safeway and restaurants well there was like a sprouts too and yeah, yeah. a handful of there was restaurants. An ace hardware yeah. oh good yeah. oh, that's important to have. you needed that uh so we took the the road out to madeira canyon hit the bathrooms first because i always need a bathroom and then headed off to box canyon yeah so by the time that we literally we we went to the went to the bathroom with just the closest bathrooms to box canyon box canyon is just north of Madeira Canyon. It's the next canyon north, and it runs all the way over. You can base, you can take it as a short to get to, shortcut to get to Patagonia. Is that really a shortcut? It's I, it's shorter than going up to Tucson. And I mean, you have I-10 to drive so slowly. Yeah, but I, I think it would be quicker though. Still, it's it's like it cuts through the canyon. It's okay. a shortcut. Um, but there's there's no bathrooms. There's no facilities. It's literally just a road through a canyon. So it's there's there's nothing. So we had to make the pit stop up at the Madeira Canyon entrance and then come back. And while we were on our way back, we were birding with a group of friends that um, were down there with us from the birding co-op, a a bunch of, a couple of the other board members. And one of them messaged us as we were coming back. And he's like, Hey guys, um, I know Botterized Sparrow was on your target list. I've, I'm on one right now. If, if you guys, if, if you guys aren't in front of me, it's, it's right here. (laughs) And so we're like, Oh my gosh, we're like, we're like five minutes away still, because because we had gone up to the bathroom. <laughs> now we're on our way back in. I'm so. sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. I, I had to go to the bathroom too. So, 
we were getting in and he's we we see him on the road and we just race up behind him and um race up it was josh that was on it first and then Forrest was right in front of us and all, all of us get on it and like it was perfect timing because literally we got on it it was probably 50 feet away from the road is doing a bunch of singing which actually that's the that's the best media that i got of the sparrows the singing i got the scope on it and was just about to put my phone scope on it yeah when it flew oh jeez. and I... it was in perfect light too it oh, was a no. beautiful look <laughs> at this kind of otherwise plain bird <laughs> but you know it had good light on it and yeah standing there singing on top of a plant it was like an unobstructed view and then the darn thing flew oh no so and, yes. and then when it, when it flew, it flew right over our heads, over to the other side of the road. Right and in was the in sun. really terrible light. Yeah. So I, I got a handful of photos, not great, all pretty terrible photos of, of it. But then I got, but initially when we were first walking up, we could hear it singing. So, and that's, that's the best way to identify the sparrow is by its song, which the song was the intro song. So <laughs> if you want to go back to the beginning of the podcast, you can listen, listen to that. And that's. It sounded like an un... Like, weren't they describing it as, like, an uneven bouncy ball? Yeah, like an uneven bouncy ball. Yeah, so while we were down there, we realized that there's a handful of birds that have the same, <laughs> similar call. Like, rent it up here in the Pacific Northwest. It sounds like a bouncy ball dropping. Like, do, 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 Down the set of stairs. Yeah. yeah, and so they have that call. A uh, black-throated sparrow has a similar call, and also an olive sparrow has a similar call. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, olive... Elf Sparrow. Elf Sparrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Sorry, right. I was thinking Olive Warbler. No. Olive Sparrow. So Olive those Sparrow. three have a similar call, and then Botterize is basically like that call, but like if the stairs aren't even. Yeah. So that's how to remember that, apparently. <laughs> I, I guess so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, I, I got it. I got I mean, you guys can be the judge if that's a good recording or not in, in the intro. Okay. But okay. uh um, no, no, no real distinguishing pictures that I got. Um, the bird, it's, it's a sparrow. It's fairly drab-ish. Blah. It's, it's got, it's got some, a few markings on its back, like as most sparrows do with their wings. Um, but it, it's kind of interesting cause it's got a big flat forehead that its bill like runs right into. So it almost looks like it's got a bigger bill. It, it does look like it's got a bigger bill than it does just because the forehead kind of matches the slope there. So that was kind of interesting. That was a perfect start to the morning with one lifer there. A a lifer right off the bat. I don't think it was a lifer for anybody else or just us. No, I I think it was just us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we headed down the road about uh, 15, 20 minutes further. And it's a, so driving through Box Canyon, um, this is like the total far west side of Box Canyon. We really haven't even entered the canyon at this point. We're still in the lowlands and the road's really rough. It's not four-wheel drive rough but it's rough it, it gets four-wheel drive rough in a couple spots mm-hmm. but it's like during the, this season or this this year it wasn't i've heard that the road gets really really bad sometimes well and there was a handful of like atvers or four-wheelers or whatever those things were yeah was they like were running sort of, up and down the the road yeah i don't know where they were going i think there's some off trail or off-road places they could just head off into the canyon doing Maybe. something i'm, I don't I'm know. not entirely sure but man, they were blasting some loud music. I know. It's like, where are they going to birds here? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we went up the road a little further and didn't see a whole lot until we got to the Five Stripe Sparrow Stakeout, which is an eBird hotspot. Yeah, that, that was the prime target for for this trip over to Box Canyon first before Madeira Canyon. Yeah, which, you know, I I saw a lot of people talking on Facebook before going like, 
is that really the best place to go get five striped sparrow? And they're like, well, that's why it's called the stakeout. <laughs> I so I when I look at five striped sparrows, like pictures, mm-hmm. the um like no, they're not all at like that stakeout. Like there's other there's one there's a handful of other places it seems like that you could get five striped sparrow in southeastern Arizona, but like this is the one that we went to yeah well and i think you know it's kind of the easiest one for like the festival to take people to i think it's the closest to the festival too well yeah but it's also like probably easily accessible like when tiffany went off for the rufus capped warbler remember she said like the road was just awful and then they had to hike like half a mile in to get there like well it it was hike half a mile to get to the trailhead and then hike another two miles up the trail okay but and you're and you're already four-wheel drive territory to the max but Plus. at the Sparrow, I mean, yeah. like, it's a road that's fairly navigable for most cars. And, yeah. like, you can park on the side, just look down the hill. So I think that's probably why it's one of the more popular places for people to go look for them. I agree, yeah. Because you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. You just have to drive there. It's it's a lot easier to get people One of my favorite kind of places. It's easy, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, we got there, and there was a tour group already there uh, looking for it. Mm-hmm. So they, we thought they were on it because they were like, <laughs> we, like we pulled up and we we're like, oh my gosh, there's no way these people are already on it. Cause they were already like, oh, like everyone's quiet and pointing in one spot and like shaking their hands and like getting all excited. Down the canyon. Down the canyon. So, and it was, it was like a quarter mile before, quarter mile west of the actual hotspot itself. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, I mean, we're not at the hotspot, so it's possible because it's never at the hotspot. <laughs> so, um, so we all jump out. We lock up the cars we start head heading over meet up with a group and i think they were on a hooded oriole i think so yeah yeah that's what they're on so it's still super cool looking bird like bright bright um adult with uh the yellow and the black in the face and it's great looking bird but it wasn't the bird we were looking for so we kind of wandered up and down the road, like maybe a quarter of a mile stretch, half mile stretch Probably like with this mile, group, yeah. just like back and forth trying to find, you know, the sparrows or listening for them to call, mm-hmm. which um, actually <laughs> one, of, one of the participants, uh, I said something to one of the participants like, nice day we're having. And she was like, are you Hannah? I was like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, I listen to your podcast. I was like, <laughs> cool. She recognized my voice. Oh. Which makes me feel like a radio personality. Because <laughs> your voice is recognizable? <laughs> Apparently. Well, no one recognized my voice. Well, you were there talking to people. That's true. You were like looking for birds. I was looking you were for birds. Birding. I was, this guy. I was being a good host. This guy. Of right. a place that wasn't mine and a tour that wasn't mine. <laughs> you were just stealing someone's participants. I was bored, okay? I was like, <laughs> I mean, no. I like talking to people. Uh, so anyways, that was cool. But we just wandered up and down the road you know couldn't find it not a whole lot of you know people were hearing like it no but there were other birds there was lots like there were there, we weren't hearing five stripes, stripes sparrow it was nice nice and quiet on that front but we heard lots of varied buntings oh tons of them we saw a handful of varied buntings we had the the um hooded oriole we had uh the Lucifer hummingbird. Yeah, we walked around the, the corner and yeah, some Josh, I think, knew where the Lucifer hummingbird nest was. Mm-hmm. So we just walked around the corner and he's like, it's right there. Like, and it was hey, like, the nest right there. In the top of like an it's not an agave, it's something like an agave. Um, it was like an agave, yeah. Yeah. The you know, has like 10, 15 foot like flower bud system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really tall. It's all dried out. And there was a little tiny Lucifer hummingbird nest there. It was so yeah. cute. And then a few minutes later, there was another, um, 
possibly a female or maybe a, a, a juvenile um, Lucifer was flying around and feeding on the flowers that I got a couple pictures of. So it's like, oh, that's super cool. But no audio recordings of them. Ocotillo flowers. Is that what they was eating on? Yeah. Yeah, because we're all like standing there and we're like, what flowers are they feeding from? And then somebody was like, well, it's not like the Ocotillo like really have any flowers. And then it came down and fed on one. It's like, well, guess what it is. is. <laughs> so, yeah, super yeah, cool. So that was super exciting. Um, so then we thought we heard the five-stripe sparrow again, kind mm-hmm. of race back over to the, the side of the canyon looking down. And <laughs> I somehow... So- like Josh played played us the call, so we'd like all familiarize ourselves with it. Be like, all right, here we go. And then literally, as soon as he hit stop, and he's like, all right, now let's see if we can. And then it starts going, and it's like, oh. oh. So then we race over to the edge, and that that's when that's when Hannah. Yeah, when I I saw it, like yeah. I somehow like I mean this thing was like what 150 feet down to the bottom of the ravine. Oh yeah, to the bottom of the ravine. Yeah, yeah. and so I was just kind of like scanning, and then all of a sudden I found one. <laughs> Like sitting on a branch, and the second I was like, oh, "It's right there!" It flew. So, if anyone wants, if if anyone's interested, I I have the recording of when I was recording, where we when we were hearing it, and I just barely got the tail end of the song, and then I hear Hannah go, "Oh, there it is! I see it!" <laughs> no, you don't. I do. I, That's I, funny. I might have deleted it because oh. I because I couldn't hear the bird. Right. <laughs> but but I was like, it was... "Oh, there it is!" And then we're all like, "Oh, where, where, where?" And you're like, "Oh, there it is! Oh, oh, there it goes flying!" All right, now I gotta fly and fly and all right, down, down, down. Oh, now the left. All right, up, up. Now it's on the other side, and, and now it gets caught. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's and you're a... like the light color, the light color, like it's on the light color. No, and, and then it's gone. <laughs> so one of the... so I got that recording, so... <laughs> or I had that recording. <laughs> So one of the things I tell people when we're out birding, like in a group, is like, if you see a bird and you're the only one on the bird, just keep talking about where the bird is until other people can get on it. Just like give markers, give, you know, all this stuff. I'm the worst person at it. It's like, it's in the tree. (laughs) Yep, that tree. (laughs) But then like we were birding birding with Cheryl and I was like, it was in the deciduous tree. And Mm -hmm. she was like, you mean that pine? I was like, oh, yes, yes, that one. (laughs) Uh, so the the other thing when you're on a bird and nobody else is on a bird, not not focusing. This is something I have a really bad habit about doing is focusing on the behavior that the bird is currently doing, not give a description of what tree the bird is in or what part of the tree the bird is in. Wait, you're saying you? Give, I I give the I you give the way behavior too, way too often. I talk about what the bird's doing. Why? Oh, it's facing left. Oh, it's moving to the left. And if it's moving to the left, it doesn't matter because you have no idea where left of what. What what are you talking? So I I'm really bad about doing that. Where I'll just say, oh, it, it hopped down. Oh, it's moving to the left, and nobody's on it. Nobody knows anywhere. Nobody has any idea what tree I'm even talking about. But I'm te- I'm telling you where it's moving in the tree that you don't know anything about. But you know, guys. So I need to get better at like, it's it's in such and such tree. You need to. I, I need to get better at describing which tree it's in, rather than just like. What what it's doing while it's in that tree? <laughs> it's pruning. <laughs> it's pruning itself. It's pruning itself. Like, yeah, but nobody knows which tree you're talking about. But you know, just make sure to hire us to guide at your festival. <laughs> <laughs> we we get people on birds. It's we just, do. I, I I don't know how we're but... semi entertaining too. <laughs> it's not going to be a boring field trip, except. Hey, if, you if you've been on one of our field trips before, don't don't chime in. If you if you can't if you don't know what your weaknesses are, you can't work on improving those weaknesses. Yeah, you, you yeah, gotta, totally. You gotta know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good job, Eric. <laughs> We're gonna work on that with the cats. Yeah. 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 Anyways, where so are the cats, Hannah, Eric? 
Yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, the Hannah Hannah sees the five shirts. I stretch saw. Bro. I was the only one the to see. Only it. one in the entire group that saw it. Yes. I don't know. They stuck around for a little bit longer after us, so they might they might have saw it. I think they after did. Us. Yeah. They they might have saw it after we left. But, but I saw it, and Eric was like, "Okay, now I have to see it." So we <laughs> because we spent... I can't you know I can't have one up on him. <laughs> I we heard it. I could hear it when I was recording. You're good but then when that. I went when I went back and listened to the recording, I I couldn't hear it over the wind. Oh. So it was, I, I I couldn't suss out because the it was very windy that day. That's that's yeah. why it wasn't coming out, or we why we assume it wasn't coming out because it was a very windy day. So it was definitely staying lower in the in the canopy of the Acotillos, mm-hmm. anyways. And the Acotillos, if you're not familiar with down in, uh, they look like in, seaweed. Yeah, it's like it's feels like you've gone under underwater. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're in or a, corals. You're like, you're in a coral reef, and it's like these really long, like ten to twelve foot long stalks that just stick straight up. In the um, outside of monsoon season, they're just like these sticks that are like sticking up, and you don't know why that. How the heck is is that something that is that a is decoration? That a bush at some point. What, what is that? This time of year during the monsoons, they're all covered in leaves and flowers, so yeah. they're they're really interesting looking. But they're like they're really they're cool looking anyways. But they're like these super tall, long stalk things. The the um, five stride sparrow hangs out on in this area. That that's that's kind of their preferred plant. And they usually don't come more than like halfway up the plant, anyways. And so they're the hard high, to see. They're anyways. hard to see, yeah. But with the wind blowing and whipping like that, they were staying even lower. So. So we hung around a little longer and tried to find it, and uh, I don't. We didn't have any other sightings. I think we did hear it once or twice. More. Yeah, we we kept hearing it, and it kept and because it was so windy, we would hear it and it would be low, and then we'd just keep kind of chasing it around. And we we'd never got it. At least we didn't get another look on it. Uh, but one of the really cool birds that we did, you know, get to spend a lot of time with when we were there are varied buntings, yes. which was a species that I don't know why I just didn't, I like, I thought I wanted to see one, of course, you know, mm-hmm. because we hadn't seen one before, but it wasn't like high on my radar. Like I didn't really think we would get it because I feel like buntings can be really touch and go, you know, depending on habitat and like, usually there's not like, in my experience, when I've seen buntings, they're not in huge groups. No, I, so I feel it's like, like one here and there. Yeah, generally like in, indigo buntings, when we've seen those, it's just like one here and there. It's usually in migration. Yeah. You just see them kind of like in the passing. But I mean, we have had experiences where we see like flocks of yeah. buntings. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But gen- generally, it's like in passing. So it's like you just happen to be in the right place, right time. But very buntings are nesting there. So yeah. they're a little easier to find. Oh, yeah. And you just go to the right habitat and they're all over the place. Oh, my gosh. And Madeira Canyon and Box Canyon full of varied buntings at least this, that time of year this time of year <laughs> this year yeah i don't know if it's that way every year but this year this time of year has been like fantastic everywhere Obviously, we went december when we were there we missed no, them not a single not a single varied bunting the whole so. time we were down there in december but this time it was like every single list every single place we went in box canyon and madeira canyon Varied buntings, basically. Everywhere. And they are a gorgeous bird. I mean, they're like multicolored. They're mm-hmm. kind of like a, like a emo painted bunting. Yeah. Like. I, I think emo painted bunting is a very good description. Really? Yes. It's like a maroon and yeah. like dark blue painted bunting. <laughs> yeah. In, in, instead of like the greens and the bright red. It's yeah. kind of, it's the maroon and the and and deep colors. When you see it in the sunlight, I mean, that's when it shines. Like mm-hmm. when it's poorly lit. Like, it's not as exciting, but then you get that sun shining on it, and it's just gorgeous colors. Eric yeah. got some great pictures of them. 
Yeah, I, I think I got some okay pictures of him. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to put him online. I just haven't had a chance to mess around with it yet. But the exciting thing is a couple days before, during the festival, like after we were done doing what we were doing for the day, we decided... It's a flashback to... story. Yeah, flashback. A flashback of a flashback. <laughs> uh, that's my flashback <laughs> noise. We were out looking for Five Stripe Sparrow, that same spot, but it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And we pulled off to the side and we were like... You know, waiting to see. We we had hadn't birded there before, so we like no. didn't really know what we were doing. We, we were, incidentally, we were like fifteen feet away from where that Lucifer hummingbird I know. nest was, <laughs> and actually, the recording I have of varied bunting has a peep from a hummingbird. No way. And I'm pretty sure it's a Lucifer hummingbird. That's but wild. I, I, don't know, I don't I have no way to prove that that's what it is. It's just a peep, peep, peep. Every few seconds. So anyways. Anyways. So we get to the five-stripe sparrow spot. We Wow, man, that's another one. Five-stripe sparrow spot. <laughs> and we pull off to the side of the road, had the windows down because, you know, hot Arizona. And we were looking down the canyon, and there's very bunties standing on top of a twig calling, mm-hmm. and which was incredible. You know, it wasn't the five-stripe sparrow, but... But that was our lifer varied bunting. Yeah. And so we, like, watched it and watched it, and we were kind of, like, pishing at it, trying to pish it off. It flew to the other side of the car, and like I said, we had the windows down. And it was peeping and peeping and peeping. And no joke, it flew through the the windows of the it, car. It flew in the passenger window and out the driver window. Like, at us. It was like, right at our faces. Like, at this point, like, we, we pitched a little bit when it was down the canyon, and then it, like, just, like, literally pishing. And then it, it came up and to investigate what the heck that noise just was. And so then I got a bunch of pictures of it right, right, real close to us. And then that's when it flew over us and we're just silent, just watching it. And so then I pull out my recorder to try to record some audio of it and it's peeping, peeping, peeping. And then it comes right through the windows of the car and it's like, whoa. And then we both whispered to each other, did he just, did we just see that? Did you just fly through the, so I got that on recorded too. That was nuts. <laughs> I, re- I recorded us saying that as well. Like as I'm, as we're standing there, like, why, uh, what? <laughs> So our life for varied bunting flew through the car. That was nuts. Yeah, and Eric went back to the festival, told him that. They gave him a free beer. I got a free beer for it. Yeah. It's a good good story for a lifer. So anyways, back. Fast forward. Um, fast forward to the single level of flashback. <laughs> so so I saw the five-stripe sparrow. We decided to uh, call it a day on that and continue on with the rest of what we were doing. And our next target was to look for a cast and sparrow. Yeah. Which they were like, oh, it's at Florida Wash. No, there's nothing at Florida Wash except for <laughs> biting flies. Lots of biting flies. So, but it's okay. Um, from there, we moved up the canyon, mm-hmm. went to the White House rest uh, picnic area. Yeah, so this this is moving into Madeira Canyon proper. So um, Madeira Canyon is part of a whole um, national forest. The, is it the Coronado National Forest? Is I that think what that so. Is? Yeah. Yeah. So you're mo- moving into the actual national forest itself. Um, we went to the White House picnic area. Hepatic tanager was on the list of mm-hmm. this is what we need to see here. We're, I think we're talking 11 o'clock, noon, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So it's it's getting warm and it's just kind of getting oppressively like like the sun and the, the wind was still kind well, of windy. So and not only not that, so bad. but because of the monsoons and because Arizona is, you know, typically pretty drought stricken, mm-hmm. like there had been a ton of rain. They were saying like this is more rain than they see you know, and they've seen a hundred years. Somebody told us yeah. that they hadn't seen this level of rain since 1920. So because of the heavy level rain, you know, the plants have just grown out of control. And so the white house picnic area mm-hmm. that we, there's a hiking loop. That's about, I think it said half a mile. 
it was like completely covered in grass. Like they they probably were out there like the day before like mowing or something, <laughs> and it was just absolutely covered. And like halfway through, I started getting worried about ticks. Yeah, I was I was thinking I wasn't thinking ticks. Like ticks don't really bother me. Like I don't know why they don't seem to really care about me at all. Well, you've never had one. Exactly. I've been all sorts of places. I've been knee deep. Okay, chest deep. you're just special. It's just I, they don't seem to care. Parasites about Parasites don't like you. Ch- chiggers is what I was worried about because I've also never had chiggers. Oh but yeah, I that's forgot. what I was picturing because there's so many reptiles down there. We, we'd seen so many about. lizards, and so chiggers are mites. They're the larval form of a mite from that um, hosts on reptiles. I'm not sure if it specifies any particular reptile. I, yeah, I don't know. But for those that live in the east and in the south, they hate chickers. Yeah, sure. Awful, awful things. Yeah. They, you, you can't see them, but they just they just eat you up alive, and you get these giant rashes and huge breakouts. Some people react horrible to them. Some people don't even really notice them. And if you're from the north, you've probably never heard of them. <laughs> probably never heard of them, especially from the northwest. Um, but like I've never, I we lived in Texas, lived in Florida. I worked outside the whole time, both places. Never once got him. Okay, stop I bragging. I, but I'm t- I'm terrified. Like it's it, like it's gonna happen, and I feel like it's just it's gonna be like all of a sudden I'm it's I'm literally gonna die. I'm I'm gonna get chiggers, oh and I'm gonna end up in the hospital <laughs> and dead. Such a whiner. Like, I I feel like because it's procrastinated so long of me getting me running into him. That's what's gonna happen. You're, you're gonna have it, and it's gonna be like the man cold or the man flu or whatever. <laughs> no, where you're no, just no. Gonna I, sit around like, oh, this is so horrible. Okay, oh, my leg itches. Okay. Anyways, so anyways. that was kind of why we we didn't hike any further. Yeah. Because of all that. There was there was some some uh, parasite concerns. Concerns. Uh, but you know, there was a pretty good flock moving through the picnic area. So mm-hmm. we worked out for a little while. Um, nothing too special. Uh, just had some bridal titmouse and, um, you know, just and sparrows. T- the bridal titmouse. Like we, we talked about it in our December episode. They're but adorable. I love them. They're super, they're, there's, there's just little cute guys and they've got like, like very distinctive black and white marks on their face they're like cookies and, and the cream. crest and. Yeah, cookies and cream. Yeah, yeah. cookies and cream titmouse. <laughs> um, so anyways, at that point, we went back to Green Valley, had lunch at El Rodeo, which was really good. Mm-hmm. El uh, Rodeo in Green Valley. I got, went to Safeway, got some groceries, because Santa Rita Lodge does not have food. The office closes at, like, four, which the office does have some food, but it's, like, convenience store style. Yeah. Um, so we prepared and got food and water and everything before we headed out there. Yeah, so... Got our food at Safeway. Headed back up the canyon. It's, it's not that that far to get from Green Valley up to Madeira. No, it's not at all. Twenty minutes, maybe. Not 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 so bad a drive if if you just need to go get some supplies. Um, but so we headed back up into Madeira. We got up there um right right before check in. It was like two, and check ins yeah, at three. Check ins at three. Um, so we were able to. They allowed us to check in early. We were super tired, and yeah, yeah because you know the whole festival and everything we didn't sleep the whole time so we were like we just need to take a nap we just need to sleep and I, I feel bad because the lady in the office is like why do you need to check in early it's like i'm just so tired she's like well you could just sit out there and watch birds it's like i would rather take a nap but i want to take a nap um we're yeah, being so, whiners which is we both feel really bad about because we own and operate a hotel and everybody that wants to check in early it's some really stupid excuse mm-hmm. and i feel like our excuse was stupid too so anyways anyways got in the lodge <laughs> took a nap really cute little room um 
I mean, very basic, had a kitchenette mm-hmm. had that had, you know, everything that you could cook. Yeah, there was a, there was a hot plate, to. there was microwave, mini fridge, sink, yeah. coffee pot, the whole, everything you need. Had a nice couch, had a comfortable bed. Um, the a back ca- deck. It did have a back deck that was really nice. So that was pleasant. And then took a nap, got up, and it was time to go out and look for more birds. Yeah, so we slept for like two hours. Maybe. Surprisingly. Yeah, it was like, great. Out. Done. Um, and then it was, by the time we got up, it was like six-ish, I think. Five-ish. I don't know. It was it was late enough that it was like, okay, let's let's go head up the hill and see if we can find some of the rest of the targets that we have. We had sulfur belly flycatcher on the list. And then we were, we had some evening birds that we really wanted to get. And that was, you know, primarily the reason why we wanted to stay overnight was because of these night birds, the whiskered screech owl and Mexican whippoorwill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had, when we were there in December, I had seen that other people had seen those species. And I was like, oh, well, we need to camp there then to get those things. Yeah. And we're not packing down camping gear down there. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that and seems excessive. We saw the lodge and, you know, just worked out perfectly. Yeah, so we headed up headed up the hill. We basically sat on a picnic table and watched sunrise or sunrise sunset on the east. Yeah, the east side. I was trying to think of which direction those mountains were from us. Where, it was like the, kind of the northeast side. Yeah, the northeast and side. Eric chased a bird down the trail, and I was like kind of sitting there waiting for him to come back plane because i had service at the top of the hill and then i looked up and i saw the alpine glow like the the sun setting on the mountains and it was just spectacular and eric wasn't there and he missed it but it was it it was incredible to watch it i i don't know what was so special about it just that was so cool (laughs) it was quiet except for a sulfur-bellied flycatcher which i'm so excited for this merlin app if you haven't downloaded merlin you know merlin's great it's free from the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and they've, and I think we've talked about it. They have this new addition to it, where you can. We haven't. Had, I don't think we've talked talked very much about the sound recording. Portion. Okay, but that's what's so cool about it. I mean, like Merlin, traditionally, like it has a whole way of being able to ide- identify birds. Like you know, it takes you through this dichotomous key of like what's the body shape, what's the color, and all that. Mm-hmm. But now they have this really cool component to it where you can hold up your phone to the 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 sound the bird sound and it can identify it which is just yeah, incredible surprising accuracy I and know. it's like, like so i have i have a couple of those other bird identification apps that i've been using and they're pretty darn good mm-hmm. and merlin is just as good if not better and you you can automatically populate an incidental list with that bird on it yeah just boom right there from your phone from that recording app so it's just like it's amazing yeah and yeah so I was, I was watching the sunset and i heard the the bird in the background and i didn't know what it was so i just like held up my phone and it's like sulfur belly flycatcher and i just i think my jaw just dropped <laughs> because of the moment you know it was like uh, like sulfur belly flycatcher isn't a lifer for us but it's an aba bird. aba bird so we did need it um for our aba list and so it was exciting to get that, and then also just this incredible view. ABA slash the United States. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Need it for you. You never seen it in the United States. We saw it down south, but not up here. Um, but we. Uh, and list- Eric missed all that. I missed all that. <laughs> it was a life changing moment that you missed. <laughs> I was listening to a bird that was going boop, 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 and I was Eric, it was a water drop. It was a boop. faucet somewhere. No, 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 boop, just like that. 
<laughs> and coming. I can't figure out. I still can't figure out what the heck it was. I'm pretty sure it was a painted red start, but I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Oh, there was one of those too where I was standing. Yeah. No. I was chasing something that might have been one. <laughs> you were looking at one. So the, big it's difference. A, it's a beautiful bird. <laughs> So anyways, that was yeah. really cool. Um, and then the sun went down, and just as that happened, you know, the rest of our crew got up there, and we went looking for those really cool night birds that we saw. Yeah, so immediately upon the sun going down, within five minutes, ten minutes by the time of darkness, Mexican whippoorwills just started calling. Yeah. Just all over the place. I got some mediocre recordings of them, but we heard them, like... <laughs> Had probably three or four of them right there from the parking lot. It was just like, like the sun went down, like whip, whip. Yeah, and then they started doing the the whole the whole song. It was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, there so we go. that was super just cool. Right easy, off the bat, boom. Easy bird to get. Easy bird, just stand at there at night. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then uh, Josh, who was more familiar with looking for the owls of the area, he was like, okay, I've seen the mexican whippoorwill and the whiskered screech owl up this trail up here mm-hmm. um so let's go let's go hike up this way and see see what we can see and find so we headed up the trail like 100 200 feet something like that yeah up the old baldy trail is yeah. where it was and that's when josh was like okay this is this is where i saw whiskered screech owl back may. in may yeah, yeah. so a, a, f- a few months back a few months prior to this and so we stopped, we listened for a while, and Josh asked us all if we mind if he plays a couple calls. And this is this is something that Hannah and I have been we're we're iffy about calls. And it's kind of from where we started birding is kind of where it we're not we're iffy about playback. Well we're we're, iffy we're struggling with struggling. you know our opinions on it. Yeah. So when I first started with Texas Parks and Wildlife, you know, I was at Benson Rio Grande Valley State Park and they say that using playback, you know, in the parks is illegal because mm-hmm. it, they consider it animal harassment. So that's really what, what formed my opinion about using playback and using calls to, to bring birds in. Yeah. And many places, especially in the Rio Grande Valley, but many places around all of Texas and then also a lot, number of places in Florida where we kind of all of our formative years of birding mm-hmm. um, playback is illegal. Yeah. And so we are have always kind of leaned towards that as a ethics situation. Um, the American Birding Association has playback specifically listed out as don't do it in a harassing manner. Don't do it during uh, breeding season, mm-hmm. and just don't overly do it, especially in places where it's very popular and lots of people do playback. Well, and you know, sensitive species too. And sensitive species—that's another one that they list off. So this playback that, that we did with Josh falls outside of all of those criteria. So with within the ABA birding ethics, the limited use that he did still still falls within within the realm of being ethical mm-hmm. so it's not is nothing at all i'm not saying anything bad about josh i'm not saying anything about bad about the style of birding we were doing it's just something that hannah and i have been struggling with for years about where the line of ethics is of yeah when, and when when you do and don't do playback and i think we talked about it when we went to ecuador too yes because, yeah, like a lot of the guides heavily used playback which it's i know very common I know when, when we go back, you know, down south, I'm, I think I'm going to ask any guy that we have not to use it. And I personally, I would rather not see birds 
than see those birds because we called them in. And that's yeah. just my personal feelings about it. I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm I don't need to see the birds so bad that we need to like disturb it. Bother it. Yeah. I mean, I, who who am I to be better than a bird to make the bird come over to me? Like I'm <laughs> Hey, I'm come just, over here. <laughs> I'm I'm just some bird with a couple tubes with some glass on either end. Like But I mean, we we still pish unsuccessfully most of the time. 99% of the time we pish un- unsuccessfully. Yeah. I I know. I don't I it's a very complicated issue, very nuanced issue with uh pishing versus playback versus it doing it or not doing and, it like the whole gamut of have stuff. your own opinions about it Absolutely. you know don't don't take what we say with any yeah. and th- and there's our controversial thing for the episode <laughs> it's it's just i i don't know i mean the times that i've used it i just don't feel right about it afterwards yeah i agree but it was successful we we got some really good looks of the whiskered screech owl um josh had a uh a light that we shine that he basically he that we we heard it so then he basically took his light and kind of like swept it back and forth and then and i shine came back and he's like oh geez there it is <laughs> and it was literally like 20 30 maybe 40 feet away from us on yeah. a branch just like looking at us and so like i think we had the, he had the, the light on it for maybe two minutes well and he was saying it was Maybe. doing this whimpering call which yeah. he's experienced a, before. like a, whis- a whisper call where yeah. it does a very very quiet call even though it's super close to us and then once he's sh- once he shined the light on him like kind of looking around because we didn't, honestly didn't even think he was anywhere near us yeah because of the, the volume and the way it sounded and he's just kind of like sweeping that flashlight around through the trees and then as soon as he's like oh there it is and then all of us saw it and all of us already had our cameras out so it's like and then he turned off the light. And as soon as he turns off the light, the volume like jumped. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, no, I'm actually right here. You saw me. <laughs> so then we, we were like, okay, let's let's leave this guy the heck alone. Let yeah. him do his thing. So we all skedaddled down the hill and got, we, I mean, we all got a handful of pictures. My, mine are all like super fast and blurry. That <laughs> was like, I don't, I'm, I, I didn't really care. I was just like, I'm super excited to see the bird anyways, but yeah. Anyways. So, yeah, got those two birds, so that was good. Yeah. Um, and then we headed back to the lodge because it was getting late, and we decided real quick to stop by the hummingbird feeders to see... Oh, because there was a... Uh, was there a quaddy? It was, was something with a really long tail. It could have been... Ring tail or It could have been a or quaddy or something, but it was some sort of mammal with a super long tail ran across the road in front of us. And so we stopped at the feeders to see, like, oh, maybe it's going to be right there. Yeah, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be feeding on all that food. And it wasn't there, but... Another mammal. This was amazing. <laughs> we discovered... This is our discovery. Our discovery. They're going to put our name on it somewhere. Um, no. But we saw that all the hummingbird feeders were being visited by bats. Like, dozens of bats. Tons of bats. And Eric and I took like lots of videos of it mine not so good his were pretty good and he got some good um slow-mo so you could actually like see how goofy bats are like i think of him as like a really you know good flyer and everything because like we have been to places with bats where there's Uh thousands of them and they you know i've never gotten hit in the face in the face by a bat they seem to do their thing and fly around just fine but it was so funny in the videos because like when you slow it down you'll see that they like put their tongue in the hummingbird feeder to Mm -hmm. feed and then they like fly away with their tongue still in it so then they'll like like, flop all over the place (laughs) or or they'll like fly up to the hummingbird feeder and they're not 
bats aren't like amazing flyers like like a hummingbird or something like that where they could just like have immediate control of everything they're just kind of flopping around in the in the air (laughs) and like they're trying to do this hover thing in front of the hummingbird feeder and in slow-mo some of them are like smacking their faces in the glass some of them are smacking their faces next to the hummingbird feeder like hovering is not their forte. It was so cool. Grabbing though. grabbing moths while flying on the wing, sure. that's more their forte. But trying trying to get sugar out of a tube while hovering, not not necessarily the bat's best best task. I I mean, we probably spent like 20 30 minutes just oh, watching man, it. Was at least. Amazing. And our, our our friend Forrest, he went out there. He he ended up coming down the hill later after us and uh, he took some pictures of his phone. Posted him Dinaturalist, and there was actually two different species out there: a lesser long-nosed bat and long-tongued bats. I think were he the, made those up. I think he did too, but he he claims it was on Dinaturalist. <laughs> he 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 says he took stills and and got got some verification. But, that's that's really cool. Yeah, so t- two different species of bats out there is very very interesting. Just watching them just feeding at, yeah. and just like nonstop, like and they did not care that we were there. We. We we had the um we're st- we're, we had the headlights because we're we're at park the headlights are just pointing right on the hummingbird feeder because that's mm-hmm. where we we're gonna go see this whatever other mammal was on yeah. the ground we never saw that other mammal but we as soon as we parked it's like what is eating out of those feeders what sort of bird oh those are bats <laughs> so then we we already had the headlights pointed on so we just like walk up to the hummingbird feeder and we're like five feet away and it's just like they're just like going nuts they don't even care they don't even notice us there they're just busy feeding and feeding and feeding. Yeah, super, super cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I don't remember anything else from that night. Put my head down on the pillow, yeah. and then my alarm went off. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, got up, tried to bird a little bit more, and headed back to the airport. Yeah, so that was that was super nice. It was Santa Rita Lodge, fantastic, fantastic place to stay. If you have the chance to stay there, I would definitely stay there. Yeah, I'd like especially to try for some the after hours activities. I'd like to try some of those other lodges too, just to yeah. see what they're some of the like. other ones looked really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I guess probably anywhere on Madeira Canyon, any any of those lodges up there would probably be awesome. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get the same experience of just the night canyon, like the sunset and just Everybody all, all, all that leaving. stuff. Everyone leaving, so the place is empty. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk the about the snake. snake. Forgot all about the snake. So we're going back. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go back real quick, real quick, guys. So while right before. Like, right after we got the Mexican whippoorwill, right like, after, it's yeah. calling. We're, like, in this top parking lot, which is pretty big parking lot. I mean, it's probably, like, 50 parking spots long and then, like, 30 feet wide, 30 or 40 feet wide. Mm-hmm. So, a big, empty parking lot. Yeah. And so, we're all standing there, like, listening to the Mexican whippoorwills. This guy flies out of nowhere like with a, an a, FJ Cruiser. Yeah, just flying up. Brand new license, or not even license plates. Like, he just bought the car or something <laughs> like that. Oh, we thought he was, like, doing a test drive. And he's, like, flying through. And then right after our group, like, we all had to jump out of the way. Right after our group, he slams on the brakes in the middle of the road, jumps out of the car. And with... he's he's out of the car be- basically before the vehicle stops. Oh, yeah. He's, totally. he's out of the car and he's got a headlamp on and he's you see him flinging this camera all around. Had this crazy light contraption on the top Giant of it. Giant thing. And he just takes off running forward. And it's like, what is going on? And then... And then it was like a National Geographic moment. Yeah. Like, and it was crazy. Josh... It, because Josh, for some reason, spotting everything before the rest of us, Josh notices he sees something in the road up there. So then we all take off running towards what this guy's running towards, and it was a rattlesnake. Yeah. It was a, a black-tailed rattlesnake, and 
was it northern black-tailed rattlesnake? I don't I, know. I took a picture of it. I naturalist told me. I, I somebody told me it was wrong, but it was <laughs> some sort. It was some sort of black-tailed rattlesnake. This guy was a herper, and he was just up there like he was cruising. road cruising, he was road for, cruising for snakes. It was. I've never seen anything like that. I uh, mean, like, I've seen people, like, road cruise, like, for herps. Like, yeah. in Florida, people do it, you know? Yeah, and, and but, they just, it's just usually calm. You get out, you walk up to, to whatever, and then well, you, you just, just like, pick it up like, and move it out of the way. You creep along. This guy was, like, flying down the road. I don't know how he saw it. I have no idea, but it was, it was just, like, a lump in the road. Is But, man, and, and it was, like, maybe 30 or 40 feet away from where we were standing. And we're standing there in the dark. Just like listening, like oh, oh birds, 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 and there's a snake like right behind us. After that, super cool. I'm like, okay, now I need to watch where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it was super cool. So, anyways, that was right before all the other excitement of the Santa Rita. So, <laughs> just cut and paste that halfway through. Yeah, just, the episode. Well, just re- think back, and then yeah, whatever. Anyways. Santa Rita, cool place. Madeira Canyon, awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll try to do better on the show notes because we mentioned a lot of stuff. Yes. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in and hope you will rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to us. If you'd like to connect with us on the socials, you can follow me at Hannah Goes Birding. You can follow Eric at Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. I'm trying to be better. You can check out our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding. You can check out our Twitter, which is We Go Birding, you know, the weird different one. Or (laughs) you can follow our TikTok, which is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. We just posted a video. Um, Or you can email us, Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. Or check out our website, GoBirdingPodcast.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us and tell us what you think. And share and ask us questions and share us with your friends. 